Blog Talk Radio. Morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Naja E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience is that you hear something that is encouraging, life altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, welcome to today's episode entitled, Symptoms of a Wicked Heart. And as always, I like to start with our promotional material, and this is what it says. Daily, our national affairs reveal the root problem of a wicked heart. Hatred, prejudice, and racism, just to name a few symptoms, are deeply rooted in the history of America. The most recent police shootings and killings are causing people to rise up and say, enough is enough. The wicked heart is a condition that only God can remedy. It is God alone who can give us a new heart and put a new spirit within us. He has to remove the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. The state of our nation is best described in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 4. It says, Woe to the sinful nation, a people whose guilt is great, a brood of evildoers, Children given to corruption. They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. Well, I must say, I, let me let you know that I've extended this by 15 minutes. So I don't know if it's going to take us the full 30 minutes or if I'm going to be finished a little bit before then. But I have so much to share, so much to say, so much is on my heart today. And I thought long and hard about how I would present today's episode. As you all know, the United States of America is in an uproar in the throes of riots and protests. The law enforcement beatings, shootings, and killings is excessive force and police brutality. It reminds me of the civil rights movement from the 650s and the 60s. Yes, I'm old enough to remember and to not forget. Growing up, our family had a television, and what was being televised was appalling. I saw the marches, sit-ins, the police brutality, and bullying with water hoses, dogs, and nightsticks. And believe it or not, here in Seattle, Washington, in the Pacific Northwest, we had our fair share of riots and protests, too. As a non-believer back then, I took it all in, and I rallied with the best of our community activists. Today, as a believer in Christ, I'm asking myself some of those difficult questions. Why, God, has this, does this keep happening over and over again? 
when will justice be served? And how do you want me to participate? You know, God reminded me that this is an age-old battle of good and evil, and its origin goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. You see, because of their disobedience, all of mankind fell under the curse, and everybody needs redemption. Let's go all the way back to Genesis chapter 2 and look at verses 16 through 17. In summary, God commanded Adam, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you do eat from it, you shall surely die. And then moving on into Genesis chapter 3, the serpent engages Eve in dialogue about what God commanded. Eve was very clear about eating fruit of, of the trees from the garden, except the fruit of the trees in the middle of the garden. They were not to eat, eat of it, nor were they to touch it. And the serpent comes along and tempts Eve by saying, you shall not die. A three-letter word, you shall not die. The serpent then further lures Eve into believing that if she eats of the fruit of the trees in the middle of the garden, her eyes will be opened and she will be like God, knowing good and evil. And here we go with Satan's age-old tactic of exalting oneself to be like God. You see, the fall of mankind is the result of sin. We died spiritually. Mankind is now cursed and separated from God. There's no other way to put it. Disobedience is sin, missing the mark of God's moral perfection. It's a heart condition. Our human hearts are evil and wicked and inclined to self. We are incapable of doing what's right in the sight of God. We are hostile toward God and his enemies. Our hearts and thoughts are far, far away from God. Let's take a look at some scriptures that talk about the human heart condition. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, and this is the New International Version, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Just think about that. Our heart is so deceitful, it's beyond cure. And then in Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 22, again, the New International Version, it says in verse 21, for it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, and in verse 22, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, folly. Now let's talk a little bit about what are the symptoms of the human heart, the evil or wicked heart. Let's talk about those symptoms that manifest daily, that are manifesting here in America during this time right now. What's happening? Well, let's talk about these symptoms. Evil hearts are experts at creating confusion and contention. They twist the facts, mislead, lie, avoid taking responsibility, deny reality, make up stories, and withhold information. 
You can find a summary of that in 2 Peter 3.16. 2 Peter 3.16. They create confusion and contention. And then number two, evil hearts are experts at fooling others with their smooth speech and flattering words. But if you look at the fruit of their lives or the follow-through of their words, you will find no real evidence of godly growth or change. It's all smoke and mirrors. And that's in Titus chapter 1 and verses 10 and verses 16. And then thirdly, evil hearts crave and demand control, and their highest authority is their own self-reference. They reject feedback real accountability, and make up their own rules to live by. They use scripture to their own advantage, but ignore and reject passages that might require self-correction and repentance. And then you can find a reference to that scripture in Jude chapter 1, verses 8 through 16. And then fourthly, Evil hearts play on the sympathies of good-willed people, often trumping the grace card. They demand mercy by, uh, but give none themselves. They want it, but they don't want to return it. They demand warmth, forgiveness, and intimacy from those who have harmed them with no empathy or the pain they cause, or the real intention of making amends, or making, or working hard to rebuild broken trust. Just so self-absorbed, you know. It's all about self, and that's you can find a summary of that in First Peter chapter two, verse sixteen. And then our fifth point is the fifth symptoms about an evil heart, wicked heart, is evil hearts have no conscience, no remorse. They do not struggle against sin or evil. They delight in it. Just think about that. They delight in sin and evil, all the while masquerading as someone of noble character. And you can find reference to that in Isaiah chapter 32, verse 6. They lead us to be believe that their horrible actions should have no serious or painful consequences. Boy, when I studied this and researched this out to be able to present this podcast today, I said, my goodness, you know, that kind of gives me an answer to what's happening with some of this law enforcement brutality, you know, and excessive force and the killings that are going on, the beatings that are going on, and that they've been justified, if not by society or the masses, but by the individuals who are, would be considered the perpetrators. So condition, as the result of the sin of even Adam, we're all born in sin and conceived in iniquity. So we have been separated from God. And so the situation that's at hand is a heart condition. It's a heart condition. Now let's look at, um, so, so in summary, let me just summarize. A wicked heart is synonymous to a heart of stone. And a heart of stone or a wicked heart for sure offends God. A good working definition of wicked would be evil or morally bad in principle or practice, sinful, iniquitous. Wicked people are mischievous and malicious, 
self-serving and prideful. Bottom line, self-serving and prideful, mischievous and malicious. Now let's look at some scripture about God's plan for his gift of salvation that reconciles mankind back to God. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, New International Version, it says, For the wages of sin is death, God is eternal life, in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what is God's remedy for the wickedness that is in our heart, the human heart, as a result of sin? Well, that's a good question. Let's start with Ezekiel in the Old Testament, chapter 36 and verse 26. Again, the New International Version. Verse 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You see, God knows and sees the heart of man. He knows the heart that is the heart of flesh, and he knows the heart that is the heart of stone. But as believers in Christ, no, we no longer have the heart of stone. We no longer have the wicked heart. We have the heart of flesh. And God knows and sees the heart of man. He knows. We can't fool him. We can't fool him at all. If we go back and think about what uh, Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, is the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Jesus Christ is the cure. And then Mark again, it says, for it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. And then it lists all the things that would be associated or symptoms of evil thoughts and an evil heart. So in First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9, in the NIV version, it says, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. And then as we think about the symptoms and how they show up, you know, in, in the world today and within people that we know, you know, we have to say, ultimately, how is our heart? Has our heart been hardened as a believer in Christ? Have we become immune to the things that are going on around us? Do we no longer care about the perishing, people who are perishing? Do we no longer allow the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin? Are we afflicted over what's going on in the world today, the evil that's running rampant? Do we feel comfortable showing our brokenness? You know, if, if, if it's not broken, then God can't fix it, right? And are we willing to just allow ourselves to be empty so that God can fill us up? Are we humble? You know, God says, resist the proud, but get, he gives grace to the, the, um, the humble. If we're full of pride, then we're more like Satan than we are 
God because it was Satan's pride that caused him to rebel against God and, you know, get cast out of heaven. And what it, where is our affection? Is our affection toward people or is our affection toward possessions? Do we love possessions over people? So when we talk about the wicked heart, we want to make sure that our heart is right before God. And so we can pray and ask God to search our heart and make sure our motives are right. And Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24, NIV version, this is what it says, verse 23, Psalm 139. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And verse 24 says, if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. And then I love these five verses in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16 Verses 1 through 5, it says, To humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. Verse 2 says, All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plan. Verse 4 says, The Lord works out everything in its proper end, even the wicked for the day of disaster. And then verse 5 says, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. I found those five verses very comforting. I mean, they just ministered to my soul because I was so upset over this weekend. I'm just, 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 you know, just grieving, just upset. But these five verses, comforted and ministered to my soul, comforted me, I should say, and ministered to my soul. So in my mind, I have good reason to be angry. You know, the Bible says you can be angry, but sin not. And I want those who are committing unpunished crimes, crimes that are being justified, you know, through a, uh, a thought that there's certain groups of people, certain races of people are inferior and need to be treated differently. I want those crimes, you know, those ones, those people who are committing crimes um, to be held accountable. And yes, America is plagued with racism, prejudice, hatred, and bigotry. Again, Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 22 says it well. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder. And then 22 says adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. It's a heart condition. It's a heart condition. And in response to those symptoms described in Mark chapter 7, I was able to say after preparing for this podcast, this episode, that I will commit to praying for a transformed heart and act only God can 
accomplish. His plan of redemption through Jesus Christ cures the wicked heart. Our hearts are changed from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. God gives that to us, the heart of flesh. Jesus cures the wicked heart. And while I am praying for others, I too want to make sure that my heart is not hardening, that I am still moved, you know, and afflicted by everything that's going on in this uh, nation and in the world, that I am still being convicted, that I am afflicted, and that I, I am humble, and I shed tears for the perishing. Yeah, that's where I landed with all of this. I am praying for others, and I do not want my heart to be hardened in response to what is going on in our country right here in America. And the nice thing is I don't even have to reinvent a prayer. You see, King David said it very, very nicely in Psalm 51, verses 10 through 13. NIV version, once again. Verse 10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Verse 11 says, Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Verse 13 says, then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will return back to you. Yes, oh God, I don't want my heart hardened, but I am grieved over the wickedness that is running rampant in our country, in America, and in the world. I want the perishing to come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. So with that, I want to thank all of you who are concerned about what's going on. You know, thank God for technology. We get to see things in real time. Things go viral. You know, people all over the world have their eyes on America as we also are able to be onlookers to things that are going on in other countries. We're all going through something, and we're still in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. So what's going on with the protests and the demonstrations and everything else, people standing up in solidarity saying enough is enough, that's not unprecedented. America has a history of uprising, people saying enough is enough. They have a history. America has a history of people protesting for civil rights. But there's more than just a specific race that's standing up today. So thank you for your concern. Thank you for joining in all over the world, joining this movement. Thank you for all who are standing in solidarity and making the statement, enough is enough. 
We appreciate your prayers, your protests, your words of encouragement. And above all, we appreciate your trust and belief in our Lord and Savior. And when the opportunity presents itself, let's all educate people so that they too can stand for what is right. We can tell them about Jesus Christ so that we all can become better people. Jesus Christ can cure that wicked heart, can change that heart from a stony heart to a heart of flesh. And with that, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for allowing me to go over time today. Started out saying I had a lot on my heart, a lot on my heart because there's a lot going on. And I just want to say, may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. God bless you.